Welcome to System and Soul, the podcast focused on the human energy that runs your business. I'm Chris White, along with my co-host, Benj Miller. All right, you guys ready? Here we go. Jake, drop that beat. Three, two, one. System and Soulville, it is good to be with you today, and we have a treat coming at you. Back in the studio, our dear friend, Michael Alasso. Man, he is always just an inspiration to be around, to have conversation with, and we go some interesting places in this one, so I think you're going to enjoy. Now on to the conversation. Michael, tell us something we cannot Google about you, which might be a challenge because you're pretty vulnerable up there on stage often. Well, and the man did appear with Steve Martin in Pink Panther 2, so that's a pretty... Googleable though. IMDB right there. That is, that is Googleable. Yep. Benjamin's right, Chris, so that wouldn't be the answer. Man... Two things, three things pop in my head. So I'll pick one. And if you don't like it, I'll do one of the other two. I change my voicemail, outgoing voicemail, every single day on both phones. So I record 730 outgoing voice messages every year. So you will never, ever go and call my either my home office or my cell phone and ever get the same thing twice. Does that count? I think what so. I just said? Although I, act, I did know that because I follow you on Instagram. But well, I was right, going so to call it. Right. I knew that too. All right. I am a devout Catholic. I was an altar boy as a child, choir boy. And I have, I go to mass every Sunday as a minimum. I've never strayed from the church. I go to mass when I'm on the road in whatever country I'm in, whatever That's city fun. I'm in. You know, I went to mass in Lisbon, Portugal last month, and the whole mass was in Portuguese, and I was right in there. Uh, Absolutely. Does that I count? That's that. pretty cool, actually. No, I had I, – that just makes me want to ask you, uh, as a fellow uh, Catholic, an Irish Catholic, where somebody's going to be a priest, did you ever contemplate becoming a priest? Never, 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 primarily because of celibacy. I think I knew at seven that I couldn't be celibate. You know, it's like, it's like I reached puberty when I was four or five or something. I, it's like, no, it's, uh, I didn't, maybe that, I didn't maybe know that, that should either. Be my so I yeah. think you just landed on the most unknown fact about Michael. <laughs> he went through puberty at seven. Girls, oh my God. <laughs> yeah so i and i think that you know i like we could spend the whole time benjamin and chris talking about catholicism because i am deeply dedicated i love organized religion i love celebrating as part of a community together um and i'm a loose constructionist which means that if you think you can predict all my views on every single subject think again you know, what, what I adhere to is a respect for other people, a purist interpretation of the Ten Commandments, where you are generously and altruistically thinking about others as you move through space. 
and make no judgment about anybody else. My, my older brother never goes to church and my kid brother goes to church fairly regularly. They are equally wonderful human beings. They are kind, loving, generous human beings. And I know people who sat next to me every Sunday for church who don't make that description. So I don't make any judgments about it. I make judgments of myself, what I need to celebrate. And that's what I do. I love it. It's it's theater. It's a ritual. Um, And it's usually I'm the cantor or the, the lector. And I sold the house in Massachusetts last year, which means I sold my membership to my church. I'm now a church member in Southern Maine. So, so far I haven't opted to do any leadership. So I go to mass as a regular person. It's, and there's very few moments in my life where I am not leading, conducting. And so it is really great for me. It's my introspection time. I love new and old Testament. Uh, I'm inspired by it. I love a great homily. I love a bad homily because yeah. I learned what yeah. I shouldn't do. And there are lots of bad homilies. It's all good. Michael, it's all how learning. does your uh, Catholic faith influence what you do during the week? Benjamin, if I ever use the, the term super objective so. with you. So I'm very objective driven and that's what I coach people to do. My objective today is that I leave your listeners with a minimum of two ways to upgrade the way they presently communicate and lead. That's my objective. So objective means what you demand of another person in interaction. So uh, in an interaction. So what I demand of you and Chris is that you converse with me so that we create that platform so that your listeners walk out of here with value. That's my desired result. Now, that's I do that for every moment of my life. Dinner, my objective is that I heap goodies on my family. I decide what my objective is, what my desired result is. Super objective is what you want on your tombstone. And my super objective is I want every human being I meet, whether it's the person making my latte at Starbucks, you guys, my family, someone who challenges me in a workshop and disagrees with me, someone who robs me uh, of money in an unethical retail situation. All those people, every single one of them, I want them to be better because they interacted with me. And my practice and my faith helps me to do that more effectively from different perspectives with a more authentic, humanistic way. It really, so when I'm, when I'm triggered, my faith actually helps me to see the triggers and behave from a purer place from my super objective. Benjamin, does that make sense? I understand your question. I love it. And there's an interesting corollary here because even the use of that word, right? Super objective. You didn't say my purpose, right? And we all, uh, there's a lot of, you know, the uh, fancy Instagram inspiration, find your purpose, but then people that even have, have a purpose or more clear on their purpose, there's something I can't articulate it because it's a brand new thought to me, but there's something powerful about this word super objective over what other people hold looser as a purpose. How did you get to that? Why didn't you say, well, my purpose is. Cause like you, I find purpose loose, unclear of uh, general. I arrived at it through the power of theater. 
So one of the many blessings in my life is that I immerse myself in professional theater. And that's language actors use all the time. So if I'm coaching you and Chris in a scene, Benjamin, I, I, we don't talk that much about plot or theme, a little bit of character. We almost exclusively talk about objective. Benjamin, what do you want from Chris in the scene? Chris, what do you want from Benjamin in the scene? As we're working one-on-one -on -one to develop your character, I would ask you as the director, what's your super objective? What does this character in this play want out of life? So that language that at the beginning I thought was, isn't this a lovely theatrical tool? When I made the transition from exclusively being a director, choreographer, actor in the professional theater and film world to what I'm doing today, being the creator and the purveyor and the deliverer of you and your best day, it was so organic that, that all these things that I had learned for actors were really about leadership. Were really about being excellent in the world. It was it was such a big shining aha, and it's so it's I have a theory a living. that most of us will never get what we want because we don't know what we want. And if I if I got to unpack, you know, if I got two or three key themes messages to stand on stage for the whole world, like that would be one of them. And that we we have agency over ourselves and what we want, but most of us never get to the level. And even as entrepreneurs, as leaders, it's so hard. That's one of the hardest questions. What do I want? What do I want to get out of this business, out of this, you know, my leadership role, my influence, what do I want out of it? Um, and I think you're talking about the same thing. Hey, everybody, I got to interrupt this conversation to tell you that this episode is brought to you by one of my favorite companies with some of my favorite people, Titus Talent Strategies. Titus was born out of the frustration with traditional recruiting model and a passion for a better way to do business. They took the traditional recruiting model and totally flipped it on its head. Titus is a people first performance driven recruiting firm. They look at the whole person, the head, the heart, and their briefcase using their hire for performance process, along with key scientific data points generated from predictive index. Titus gets a 360 degree view of your candidate. Looking at all these components will give you the absolute confidence that you're getting the right person for your organization every time. In fact, they totally guarantee it. They're changing the game of talent strategy. And if you'd like to learn more about their process, visit them today at TitusTalent.com. All right, back to our conversation. Totally agree, Benjamin. You totally get it. It's, it's the big question. And think about coaching. You can't coach someone until you know what their objective is. So people tend to coach other people based upon what they want. You can't coach. I can't coach you until I know what you want. So one of the things I do with companies and with individuals is I drive home this objective. And I even say to some companies when we work, look, if, if you don't state an objective before the meeting in your email inviting people to come to the meeting, I don't think people should have to go because you waste time. So much time is wasted in a business week because of leaders of meetings who don't know what their objective is. So that's that's the little part of it. Then you translate that to the macro. Yeah, do you know, it's, it, and Bedrin, take that further. My, my program's called You on Your Best Day. So I like to think of it as a conversation. Even when I do keynotes, I don't do PowerPoint. It's me and a flip chart sometimes. And on the flip chart, I have written in bright colors, You on Your Best Day. Sometimes someone walks into the room and it's, always a guy, it's never a woman, and reads the thing and goes, 
Ooh, you on your best day. Michael, are you having your best day today? Ooh, what happens when I don't have my best day? Am I going to have my best day today? Snarky, snarky, snarky. So what I do is I take my chill pill. I don't get triggered. And here's the thing, Ben and Chris. I never have bad days. Now, I have lots of bad things that happen to me in a day. Bad moments. But I never have a bad day. Why? Who, who's the only person that can make me have a bad day? Me. You, you two can't make me have a bad day. No one can make me have a bad day but me. And so when you have a clarity of your super objective and you're driving that, you have a lot of good days because you know what you want. So I spend my whole day filling buckets. I'll tell you, I do three things every day, Ben Chris. I sing every day. I dance every day. And I fill buckets. I tell people what they're excellent at with great specificity. And you cannot do those three things all day and have a bad day. It's impossible. That's a, that's a good no because when I hear you say with great specificity, so if we if we get into a scenario, right, you're my boss, can you can we roll can you give us a little example of that? Because you're going I mean, that makes me think you're going deep, spending time. Indeed, Chris. What what I find epidemic is that many bosses, to use your term, Chris, are very good at telling someone with great specificity what they're doing wrong. You did not set up the room the way I discussed. The format used in the handout is wrong. You've been late three times this month. And then often when they tell people what they do right, it's in glittering generalities. Ah, Chris and Benjamin, Every time I come on this show, you do a great job. You're just so great at what you do. But you know what, Benjamin? You don't smile enough. And Chris, you just made a face. And I don't like the graphics that you have behind you. And Benjamin, why do you have an open door behind you? The lighting, it impacts the lighting and it could distract me. But otherwise, I just think you guys are great. I just love everything about you. So that wasn't even a parody, what I just said. I see that on a daily basis. So what I developed, I trademarked a while back, I trademarked it 2003, 2004, is TSP. Feedback is TSP, truthful, specific, positive feedback. And so, Chris, what you're picking up on is that many people do not add the specificity. So, Chris, if I asked you to say the letters TSP out loud, but delete the S, say it out loud. Ready, go. And what do you use TP for, Chris? You get my point, Chris and Benjamin? It's, look, I'm not knocking TP. I got 11 rolls over here. Now we're not hoarders. We have multiple bathrooms. It's just that to your point, Chris, I see, I see bosses very good with TP. Nah, you guys have all done a great job. I respect all of you. Well, that's certainly very positive, And I do believe they're telling the truth. It's the S that makes the T and the P stronger. So I can say to you, Chris, I love you. I think you're a wonderful guy. You may not believe me. It may not be authentic to you. Whereas if I say, I love you, Chris, you're a wonderful guy. One thing you do is you nod when I speak. It makes me feel like you're paying attention and you look right into the camera lens, which also makes me feel that you're paying attention. And every time I come on the screen before we start recording, you say three to five things that tell me you've been paying attention to things I'm doing on my website, 
and that you respect me. For those reasons, I love you and I think you're wonderful. Now, you cannot challenge my T and my P when I say that because I gave you data. See, the mistake we make about TSP, guys, is we think it's huggy, touchy. No, it isn't. It's data collection. It is data collection. I'm collecting data to let you know. And the S is what's Yeah, you're absolutely right. We don't We're just do sitting enough. here convicted. Just give us a I, minute. Yeah. Uh, well, but, you know, we see. The- <laughs> I held up my David Ortiz cup in that moment. Oh, so I mentioned wait, David Ortiz. Wait, David Ortiz wait, is now in Cooperstown. It's going to come to me. It's going to come to me. Um, now that you're in Maine, your new team are the Sea Dogs. I have been to Portland to see the Sea Dogs. Remember. They are Boston Red Sox, those so it's all one happy family. The Red Sox family, do 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 do. What you know, you're you're you have come off the road a tiny bit, but you have been busy even during the the the, the well, the pandemic's still here, but the, the, the last two years specifically. Um, what I'm curious about is you're a high energy guy. I mean, you're, 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 you move like there's a rhythm that I think that courses through you and you, and you move. How did you keep up your health? How did you stay healthy mentally, physically, and spiritually? How do you do it? You're the only person that's ever asked me that, Chris. I'm asked lots of questions like, isn't it fake to do that every day? Isn't it fake? No one's ever asked, how do you do that? There are many answers to that, some of which we've covered. My strong spirituality certainly helps that. My incredibly supportive family and the friends that I choose to hang with, I'm really snooty who I spend time with in my personal life. And all those people fill my bucket and make me feel valued. That helps. When you surround yourself with negativity, it's hard to do this. I also, the Catholicism, let's think about other arteries of that. I'm a ritual guy. So Chris, I have a morning ritual that gets me in the zone. And I find that morning ritual helps me to get going. My health, oh dear Lord, I'm afraid to even say this. I'm one of the few people I know who hasn't had COVID. You know, yeah. Like, why? Well, I follow rules. I got vaccinated. I wear my mask. I wore my mask whenever I was supposed to. I did all those things. I didn't do stupid things. I didn't go in big groups and share drinks and kiss everybody in the crowd. I, you know, I, I wasn't an idiot. Nor did I hibernate in a hole after the fifty-nine weeks, which I pretty much did hibernate in a hole. I, I used good judgment and I went out in the world. And so I believe very passionately that this controls your health to some extent. For me, it has. I decide not to get sick. Now, do I get sick sometimes? But guys, I'm be lying to say the true answer, do I get sick? It's rarely. It's why? I'm this old guy. Um, you know, I'm, I, I eat sugar. And it's like, I'm, I'm not doing everything right. I try to be sensible. I take my vitamins. I do work out. I do all the things, but I'm not um, over the top with those things. 
So my morning ritual is five pronged. I wake up when the alarm goes off. My dad was a firefighter. And he said, when the alarm goes off, you get up. My wife, Peggy, the alarm clock is a suggestion. She's neither awake nor asleep. Either get up and get going or set it later. It just seems so logical to me. Second, I immediately, as soon as I get out of bed, I do something physical. There's no, oh, lollygagging. I either do push-ups, jumping jacks, dance. That was hard during the 59 weeks because Bridie would crawl all over me and kiss me. Bridie's not my wife. It's a soft-coated wheat and terrier. So what I found I was doing was putting the collar and leash on her, and we still do this. It's like we go out chasing squirrels, right? I'm, you know, I'm half undressed. We just go out. Three, I pray every day. I'm not proselytizing prayer. Some people do yoga, meditation. I need something bigger than me. Four, I vocalize every day. This is my gift. I've messed it up in the past. If I don't do my vocal warm-ups, I get hurt. And fifth, when I'm on the road, I call mm. Peggy, my wife, and have a nice conversation with her. Not one where I complain, not one where I list all the things that are wrong with the hotel. A nice conversation that's as much about her as it is about me. And what I find, Chris and Benjamin, is if I leave out even one of those five things, I'm not me on my best day. Now, guys, I have a client in Portland, Oregon. He's coming to visit me in a, in a week, Dr. Quorum, who says it's all in my head. You know what? Even if he's right, who cares? If it's all in my head and it works, good. All the better. Yeah. So I find by structure yeah. frees creativity. Yeah. We know that in theater. We know that in music. We know that in sports. Structure frees creativity. So I feel like having that structure helps. And then singing, dancing, filling buckets all day keeps me in that strong mental. Now, I do have an excellent memory, which I work on. I find having an excellent memory actually helps to make the day better and make you more effective. So I do memorize things. Like the latest thing I memorized, I memorized every actress who's won the best actress Oscar. So you could ask me, hey, Michael, tell me the actresses who've won the best actress Oscar. Wow. Hmm. I could tell you all 78 of them. So, yeah. So and now I do that. Now, I don't do that for things I'm not interested in. Like I, I haven't memorized the periodic chart of elements. I've done the presidents. I've done actresses. I do things that turn me on. I do Sudoku. I do crossword. I'm totally into mm. Wordle. I can't do a day without Wordle. You know, it's religious. And I want here's, to be a two or other three thing I think for, for the amount of time that I've known you and, and you know, you've got your, 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 I, I have a daily battle rhythm too, right? How I start the day. But here's the thing that when I first met you, I thought, okay, he's a showman. I mean, you came down that aisle to Rocky, and I was like, what the? And and, he, and you get up on, I mean, just bump, 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 bump. And then, you know, and then I think you asked a question, and I said something, and, you you know, then you pulled in my voice. And it was just, you're a ball of energy. But here's the thing that that I think you're genuinely and authentically a happy guy. Thank you for noticing, Chris. I am. It's, we have two children. The number one thing we taught them is gratitude. Sounds so cliche. It is, you know, they can be whatever they want to be, do whatever they want to do, love whoever they want to love, all that good stuff. We want them to be grateful. They grew up in an affluent suburb of Boston where their friends were going skiing for February vacation in the Alps and then 
going uh, to the islands in April and we wanted them maybe to get a part-time job and maybe uh, go with us into Boston and see a play and go out to dinner one of the night. It's like we, we didn't have those kinds of financial means. Mm. And if we had, I'm not sure we would have done it. It's, it's, and subsequently, these two wonderful people in my life are grateful. They come to my house in Maine and they, they love being here. So I am grateful, Chris. And being grateful creates happiness. I'm a blue collar kid. Neither of my parents even graduated from high school. And I never take for granted what I have and hard work. I love hard work. I love making a difference in people's lives. I love seeing that. I love seeing the gratitude they have when I do that. So filling. And I can't lie to you, brother. I am happy. And and I don't apologize for it. It's just who you are. I access the inner child, Chris. That's an, well, another piece of it. Well, the other thing too is when you talk I'm a child. about, you know, it's reasoned choice, reasoned choice, and and that's the you make that choice every morning, and 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 then you go fill buckets and you get yours filled. Yes, sir. I knew I was going to have a challenge with the three of us keeping you two on track with the three things, but we'll just let the listener decide which of the 83 <laughs> things was the most important three. Oh, I want to, I want to ask one more because I think that, I think there's something in here that maybe connects the, the mental power of having the best day ever. And maybe even some of the Catholic mystics. Are you familiar with the um, Chinese proverb about the kid who gets a horse and then the horse dies? And do, do you, is that ringing a bell? Oh my goodness. I'm going to mess it up, but I'll do my best. Benjamin, do it's it. Like, I want to hear it. Uh, I think the kid has like a goat or something. And it's like the best day ever because he gets this goat. And the goat gets sick and dies and it's the worst day ever. And then uh, his grandfather feels bad for him and he buys him a horse and it's the best day ever. And then his horse breaks a leg and it's the worst day ever. And the story goes on and on and on. And his end, his, his life ends up beautifully, right? But it's because there's all these worst day ever's. So the, the idea in there is, is you can't judge things in the moment, right? The, his horse breaking his leg may have been the best day ever if he had the perspective of 10 years later that he didn't have at the time. Right. So you, you're, you're, you almost embody this idea, Uh. right. That it's not just about deciding that it's the best day ever. It's almost above that to say like, we can't even judge the goodness, badness of this day because we don't know. So all we get to do is choose to be here, be present, live it, and live your live live your superior objective, right? And and let today judge itself. Let somebody greater than us judge it, and we'll just keep focused on doing our super objectives, right? Or our mini objectives, fill other people's buckets, all those things. Um, so I, I think that you embody that, and I don't know if that's part of what you get from, you know, some of the great mystics of Catholicism over the centuries, um, or just your mantra of living the best day or back to your parents and, and the way that, that you were raised. So I think that's really neat. Maybe we'll just leave it there. Let that encompass our conversation. Uh, Michael, you are always a dream 
Um, I get so much, you know, this, you just give energy that other people can absorb and take that with them. So thank you for doing that for me today and for all the listeners of System and Soul. If you stated it out loud, you might live your goal and then you can live and with System no bite to and take soul. us home with. Mic drop. Michael, <laughs> we will put um, the link to all of your stuff in our show notes because as always people are so interested if nothing else follow the guy on instagram and get a little of that inspiration on the daily thank you michael hey leader did you know there's 261 business days in a year. And statistically, most business leaders are balancing about that many opportunities, issues, problems, bouncing around in their head at one time. So we created the261.com. Go there, put your email in, and we're going to organize all those things and send you one daily email that's about this long. It's going to take you about five seconds to read, but it's going to remind you of that thing that you need to remember, or that thing you need to do or schedule as a leader to be who you want to be. Go check it out, sign up, follow along. See you there.